Welcome to New Freedom Church. Over the next hour, we will worship together through song and hearing a message that is designed to help you grow in your faith. So please take a minute and fill out that Connect form online so that we will send you a free t-shirt just like this. It is the most comfortable t-shirt you will ever wear. We want to thank each of you who have shared our videos on Facebook, YouTube, and other social media forms because that really helps us to get more of the message out to many, many people that can benefit from the same content that you get today for absolutely free. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to our December series, Christmas Playlist. My name is Joe Schutz. I serve as lead pastor here at New Freedom. I want to welcome all of you that are joining us in person as well as those online. And if you haven't taken the moment to just click the connect card there, we would love to connect with you. Uh, Those of you who are here in person, there's a way you can connect out in the lobby after the service and we'll give you more information about New Freedom Church and we'll provide you with a free gift today. It's probably the most comfortable t-shirt you have ever worn. And just ask anybody around here that has one, and they'll tell you. But so glad to see you this morning. So good to be here. Uh, Our team decided this year that we would do something a little bit different for Christmas, that we would choose four Christmas carols, and we would create a playlist. And if you have a Christmas playlist, no doubt these four songs are on your playlist. And uh, you probably have heard them uh, maybe a couple times already, maybe more than that so far this year. Uh, But Christmas, for me, is a time of telling the gospel. And we want to tell the gospel through these popular songs. Last week, I shared with you what was known as one of the oldest uh, Christmas carols that, that, that we kind of have recorded in history. And today, I want to share with you a relatively newer one. It's not a real old carol. Uh, however, uh, it, is, it is one that's been popularized. Uh, in the 1960s, this song was popularized by a husband and wife duo who wrote this. And it was right in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. This was not intended primarily to be a religious song, but more of a political statement and a plea for peace, for world peace. It borrows some images from the nativity, and that's why it has become a kind of a Christmas carol or Christmas song. And uh, this song actually has been embedded in the American Christmas culture and traditions by, and thanks in large in part, to Bing Crosby, who sang this song in 1963, Do You Hear What I Hear? We want to talk about this song and and really get into the meaning of it. What does it mean? Because I think that when you look at this, you're going to see the the hearing of the gospel all throughout. Christmas is a commemoration of the long-promised and long-awaited arrival of the king of the earth, the true king, God as king, coming from heaven to earth. The word advent means arrival. So when we talk about the advent this time of year, we're talking about the arrival of God as king. And that's good news. That's something that we should celebrate. It's something that we should talk to others about. It's something that we should nestle deep in our hearts and celebrate our king coming. But let us not forget to also look again for his return and his appearing. For we know that in a day that, that is, is uh, not numbered to us yet or not, not revealed to us that he is coming again. And he is coming soon. And so this morning, as we look at this song, there are three questions that this song asks. And there are multiple answers that could be given, but I want to give you the gospel answer to each one of these questions. And here are the questions. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? And then, do you know what I know? Let's look at the first one. Do you see what I see? Said the night wind to the little lamb... Do you see what I see? The writer here, the original writer in the 60s had what, what he was referring to was war. He saw war on the horizon. 
This was a standoff between the United States of America and Russia right at the height of the Cold War. Having lived himself through World War II, the author was, was seeing things that was troubling him in the world affairs. And he was actually a Frenchman and was uh, forced to fight with the uh, German Nazi party uh, when Germany came over and took over France. But then he resisted and he broke free from them and joined the French resistance later on. But he was in deep trench warfare. And so what he saw, what he was, was observing on the world scene was something that was very familiar to him and it was very troubling. Now, Christmas is also uh, about uh, not just Jesus, but this, this political expectation that was, was happening in their world at that time. So if we look at this song, this has a political bent to it but it also is arched with a future hope. It's a desire for something better. The, the, the story of Christmas for us as Christians has an a, uh, expectation of the arrival of God, but we weren't the only ones. It wasn't uh, just a, a segmented people. All of God's people throughout all time had been looking for and awaiting for this arrival. And so the Christmas story is juxtaposed between this political and spiritual implication. And so this song is too. Politically speaking... The Jewish people of the first century, the the time in which Jesus was born, had long awaited for their king to arrive and to take over. What were they waiting for? They were waiting for their king to come on the scene and to shake off the tyranny of the Roman Empire that was over them. They were politically oppressed people. They were a minority, and so they were oppressed, and they were longing for their king to show up and to take over and to rule and to reign and lift them out of their bondage, lift them out of their poverty. The, the uh, most familiar story that we find in the scripture is of the, the birth of Jesus is found in the Gospel of Matthew and found in the Gospel of Luke, a very uh, thorough telling of those gospel accounts. The one in, in Luke goes some, something like this. It says that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. So they had seen something, they had heard from the angels that there was a birth, and they went and they would tell others, and they published this of what they heard and what they saw. But the one that is a little less um, maybe noted is the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, we also have the story, kind of in a nutshell, of the birth of Christ. It says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So far, this is speaking of a powerful, almighty God that will, will rule and reign. This is, this is doing good so far. So you would think from a first century Jewish mindset that this political takeover would happen when their king arrived on the scene, right? Wrong. Look what happens. In verse 11, it says, he came to his own. His own would be the Jewish people, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Look at verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. I love this because here we see that not only is this great creator God, the one that is true king of the earth, but now we see in verse 11 that he came to his own. They didn't even receive him. The Jewish people didn't recognize Jesus as Messiah because they didn't expect that their king would come in a lowly manger. 
They didn't expect that their king would have to suffer, bleed, and die. They thought that they would have this political takeover, and that's not what happened. You see, Jesus did not come to build a kingdom. Jesus came with his kingdom. He brought his kingdom to bear. He said these words, that the kingdom of God is at hand. The word is a very small word. But it's so powerful. Is speaks of the present. It speaks of now. It speaks of right now opportunity. So I understand what people say when they say they want to build on the kingdom of God and be kingdom builders. And I think it, it is important for us to be ambassadors with God and to, to do his work and, and to, to uh, be empowered by his spirit. But really, there's very little that you or I can do to add to what Jesus has already done. He came with his kingdom. He is the embodiment of the kingdom of God. And so if you see what I see, is according to this song, if you see the things of the kingdom breaking through, then you truly are getting the heart of the Christmas message. You truly are in the place to receive a revelation from God. Let's, let's, let's go on. Uh, in political terms, no one could see the kingdom of God breaking through in the natural because Rome was still in charge. If you go back to the first century and you see Rome was still firmly footed and firmly in charge of that day. So the Jewish people missed it. They said, our king can't be one that is just lowly and meek and mild. Their king hadn't come. But if you have spiritual ears to hear and spiritual eyes to see, then you can observe the kingdom of God breaking forth. And you see this all throughout the life of Jesus. Here's how. They reported that the blind can see when he would spit in the dirt and make a little bit of mud, he'd put it in a blind man's eye and they would miraculously be able to see. The deaf would hear as he would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. There was the kingdom breaking through. The lame can walk, the kingdom is breaking through. And we see this in physical manifestations of miracles, signs, and wonders. This is how we know the kingdom of God is near is when we see the manifestation of miracles, of signs, and wonders. And I don't know about you, but I believe in a miracle-working God. I believe in a wonder-working God. I believe that there are miracles today to happen, there, that God wants to do great things in and among his people even now, that we can pray for the sick and they will recover. Amen. I believe that this is the kingdom coming to bear. And Jesus operated in this all the time and he was showing them that heaven was coming to earth every single time that we pray in his name, in his character, and like him, then we are bringing the he heaven to bear. We are bringing his character to bear. But there's another way. In Luke chapter 9, there's a man named Zacchaeus. And this is also a way that you see the kingdom coming to bear. He wanted to see what other people had seen, what they had talked about. And so in order for him to see what others had seen, he climbed up into a tree. You know the story about Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. He was a short guy. I can relate with Zacchaeus. People meet me and they say, you look taller on camera. Yeah, I know, I know. I know but just... Never mind that. I'll stand on my tippy toes because Zacchaeus was a wee little man. I like to preach about Zacchaeus. I relate. And he couldn't see what other people had seen. So he climbed up into a tree to get a view for himself of this Jesus who was passing by. And when Jesus passed by, he called out Zacchaeus by name and he said, come on down from that tree for I am going to have dinner in your house today. Wow, this was amazing. Zacchaeus was on the outer fringe of the religious society. He wasn't someone who was in the covenants of God. He was actually an oppressor in the Roman uh, uh, government, and he was a tax collector. And we know that the kingdom had come near to him because after Jesus came and had a meal with him, Jesus said these words, salvation has come to your house. 
And I wanna make an announcement to someone today that salvation this Christmas has come to your house. You've been praying for someone for a long time, salvation has come to your house. It's time to call the wayward home. It's time that we get into the the, the trenches and we do the, the spiritual warfare that's required in prayer, not because we can work it through, but because God wants it to be so. And he wants his kingdom to break forth. And so it wasn't just the the miracles and the the healing physically, but Zacchaeus made this statement. If I have wronged anybody, anything I have done, he made restitution. He said, I will repay them and I'll add some to it. He made restitution for the things that he had done wrong. This is the kingdom breaking forth. People don't just do that on their own accord, but the kingdom had come near because he had seen with his own eyes the Messiah. And here's the story. Do you see what I see? If you have spiritual eyes, then you can see the kingdom of God breaking forth all throughout our day. And this, this statement of, do you see what I see, is like, I can't believe my eyes. You ever seen something happen, take place, and you almost have to wipe your eyes and say, did I really see that? That is amazing. And when you get close to the things of God, when you get close to the Christ of Christmas, there will be some things that will astound you And you will have to rub your eyes and say, wow, God truly is doing a work in this day. The second one is this. Do you hear what I hear? Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? If you see this marching from the wind and then it goes over to uh, the the little lamb and then the lamb to to the shepherd boy, we're seeing this go from one person to another person. This is the gospel message, that each one is to reach one. We are sharing this message one to another. The writer originally had heard, and what he was hearing was rumors of war. It was in the 1960s, and the national consciousness was was really captivated by this standoff in, in Cuba. And we didn't know if at any time that a, a nuclear missile could be launched and it would be mutually assured destruction. And so there was a, a lot of fear and what people would hear, they would, they would tag on a little bit more to. You ever play the telephone game? You know, you whisper in a circle to someone something and by the time it gets all the way back around to the, to the person who started it, it's nothing like it started out as, is it? And so you have to be careful what you're hearing. You have to be careful what you give your ear to because it may not be what God wants you to hear, but there were wars and rumors of wars being talked about. And Christmas is the time when we truly grasp the excitement of the moment and we can share with someone else, yeah, I know what you're hearing out here in the world. I know the fears that are real out there, but do you hear what I hear? It is the sound of the voice of God reaching out to the people that he loves, those whom he is drawing near to himself. And this is not a statement of spiritual superiority, but it is a statement of excitement. With excitement, we should look at this time of of the world's look and consciousness going towards the time of Christmas because it is captivating. It's the time in which everybody around the world thinks just for a moment about the season of Christmas, and maybe they do for the wrong reasons, for the gift giving and the gatherings and all those kind of things. Those are all fine, but Jesus is the reason for the season. And so if you hear what I hear, there is this excitement that I can't wait to share with someone else what I have heard. You ever had a big announcement? You ever like, got a, a promotion and you just can't wait to tell somebody? I mean, joy isn't completely fulfilled if you just keep it in your heart, but shared joy is compounded joy. And you just can't wait to share it with somebody, what God has done or, or some great milestone. Maybe it's an engagement. And then there's a, all a fanfare that goes around an engagement. You can't wait to share it with the ones you love the most. 
Or, or the most uh, recent, I, I think, with our culture is um, gender reveals. We, we've seen some of those go epically wrong, too. <laughs> Things don't go so good. But gender reveals are a time when people can't wait to share the good news. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear? And we want to tell someone. We want to be the, the announcer of good news. And that's really what the gospel message is, is the proclamation, proclaiming good news. You don't have to be a preacher on a stage to prepare claim the good news, you can tell of what you have heard, what you have seen, and what God has done in your life to all those around you. So when we see this, we know that according to Luke chapter 2, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There is the Christmas proclamation. The announcement that was ringing forth from that day all throughout all time. Here's the third one. Do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? Well, probably not. You know a different set of of, um, uh, experiences than I have. I have a different uh, spectrum and scope of education than you have. And so we all know a little bit of different things and we are all ignorant of certain things. I am ignorant of brain surgery. I've never done it. Wouldn't know how to do it. There's an ignorance there. And so there's some things I don't know. But as I get close to other people, as I fellowship with brothers and sisters of like mind around the things of the Lord, I start to know more things because they share things with me. The original author here of this, this song, this melody, Uh, knew by personal experience the horrors of war, having lived through it in World War II. His reference later on to a shivering child was a symbol of the orphan children that he walked out into the streets to see after the bombing raids that had happened by Germany into the streets of France. And when he says to bring the child silver and gold, when you hear this song played and and you kind of listen to the verses, you can hear how he's weaving a political theme all throughout this carol that is crouched in the nativity. And so we can draw lots of meaning from it, but here's the fact is that it was in nature originally to be a political song with a very good message at the end that we'll get to momentarily. But here's what I want to tell you. You cannot, with any amount of money, make reparations for the human toil and conflict and the wickedness of of the heart of man that is inflicted on another person. Because the political problems of this world can never be fulfilled with political solutions because they have a spiritual undergirding. It is a spiritual problem. It is the wickedness in the heart of man. And this is the whole reason that Jesus had to come and tabernacle with us. When the word says that he became flesh and dwelt among us, this is that he tabernacled. He pitched his tent and camped out with me and you. He became one of us, yet without sin. All God and all man. It's a miracle. How did this happen? The, the author of the, the song knew some things by experience. Now, I can know some things by what I've seen. I can know some things by what I've heard. But I mostly know life by what I have experienced. And so what we have experienced really makes up who we are. And this author was talking about some of the most horrid experiences that he had had in his life. But let's flip the script a little bit and talk about some of our experiences. 
You can know by reading, you can know by watching a documentary, you can know some things, but what you have gone through is the greatest testimony of God in your life. It's how that you are going to be used as a vessel and an instrument of God to share his good news with somebody else by what you have been through. Now, there's not a lot of things in life, if we really think about it, there's not a lot of things that we can 100% be certain of. Just when we think we have something figured out, just when we think we know someone really good, we can have the rug pulled out from underneath us, can't we? We can be surprised, we can be shocked, but there are some things that we know because we know because we know. We know them by experience. I know that when I was lost and undone without God or his son, his love reached way down for me. I know that his grace is amazing because it has saved a wretch like me. I have experienced that. I know that I once was blind spiritually, but now I see. I once was lost, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I have been found because his love came to rescue me. Amen. And I know, like the Apostle Paul, that even though I can't understand all things, I know all things work to the good, to those who are called to his purpose, to those who are in love with this Messiah, this Savior, this Jesus that we know. We know in whom we have believed, like the Apostle said, and we know that he will keep what we have committed to him against that day. And here's another thing, you need to be encouraged with this, that I know that when this tent, when this vessel, when this tabernacle is destroyed, when it's gone, that we have a building from God, not made in the earth, not made with the hands of man, but it is eternal in the heavens. And I know that my Redeemer lives and one day I'll stand and see him and rejoice and say, thank you, Lord, for all you have done for me. I know my Redeemer lives and he's faithful He's faithful to take what we have committed to him and to see it to fruition. This is the gospel message. What do you know that you can share according to his word this year? I believe that as ambassadors for Christ, as, as the ones who have been grafted into the vine, as the partakers of this heavenly calling, this divine nature, that we are called to be salt and light. That he wants us to be that one that would reach another one. And it's hard telling who it is that God is placed in your path, but there is somebody that God wants you to speak to, somebody that God wants you to show the Christ of Christmas to. Christmas is a time that we proclaim what God has done individually for us. It's a time to testify. Now, that kind of sounds scary to some people. They don't want to be singled out. They don't want to be put on the spot. But can I tell you that testifying is simply just telling what you have been through. And people need to know what you have gone through because your experience with God will be an encouragement to someone else who may be going through the same thing, who may need to hear that someone else has been there too. You know, we get this mindset that we're all alone, that we're on an island, that we're the only ones who have ever experienced what we're going through. And the reality is that is a trick of the enemy. The enemy wants to isolate and divide and get you separated. 
That's what's been so devastating about these lockdowns and about these, these times that we just can't do what we used to do and we can't gather like we used to gather. And I understand and I'm all for being safe and, and all that, but here, you need to hear me. There is something to fellowship that cannot be done through online. There is something to fellowship that can't be done through a Zoom call. There is something about the koinonia of God, the people of God gathering and so much more when we see that day approaching. And we need to be able to tell and publish and talk about what God's doing in and through us right now. Because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to know that they're not alone, that they will make it through this season, that they will get to the other side, that yes, the test is tough now, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Somebody needs to know that God is for you. He is not against you. And you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You need to know that God loves and therefore he gave. At Christmas, he gave his very best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what Christmas is about. You see, the gospel message grows exponentially from smallest to greatest in order in this song. Here's the, the order. From a simple wind... The message carries from the wind to the lamb. Now there's some hyperbole, obviously. This is poetic because the wind doesn't speak and a lamb can't either, but they are singing the praises of their creator. And so the wind carries the message to the lamb, smallest to largest, small to the lamb. Then the lamb goes and shares this message to the shepherd boy. What does the shepherd boy do? He goes and shares the message with a mighty king. Now the king has the authority, has the position, has the place and the influence to share it with people everywhere. Can you see the promotion of the gospel here in this? From the smallest to the largest. You may say, yeah, but pastor, I don't have a platform. Well, then share it with the next highest platform that you have. The wind couldn't speak, but it shared something with the lamb. The lamb then shared it with the shepherd boy. The shepherd boy could have said, well, I'll never have an audience with the king. What can I do with this message? But no, we see in this that the gospel message has a boldness to it. There is an authority to the gospel that you're not going to be bashful. You're not going to be shamed. You're not going to back down. You're going to share this good news with anyone that you can. And so the shepherd boy shares it with a mighty king. We have some mighty kings on the earth today. There have been people of greatest stature, of high renown, of, of great wealth. And many times they don't use their platform for the highest good. And it could be that someone who was given the message didn't share with them the message that they could have because of timidity or fear. And I don't know what outlet God has given you, but wherever you find yourself, whosoever audience you do gain, share the message of what God has done for you because you never know when you might be the one who shares something with a mighty king who then says, you know what? I'm going to share this with people everywhere. And that's what happened. And that's what continues to happen when God gets in the mix. God will do things that will blow your mind. It will astound you how God will use a surrendered vessel. God's not looking for golden vessels. God's not looking for vessels of silver or platinum. God's not looking for the shiniest vessels. God is looking for yielded vessels. God is looking for surrendered vessels. 
because he has put this treasure in jars of clay. You and I are vessels of clay. Out of the dust of the earth were we made, and out to the dust will we return. But for the time and the season that we have been granted a opportunity in this life, let us do the best, our level best, at sharing and publishing this message that we can and share it to whomever God places us in front of. So the progression here goes from smallest to people everywhere. And then the last stanza says this, listen to what I say. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. So after you've seen, after you've heard, now you have experiences, it's time to tell it. Listen to what I say. You could almost imagine a teacher sitting down and, and teaching a class. Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people, everywhere. It's talking about our inclination to desire peace. Isn't that what we all want? Just a little peace, just a little bit of rest. We don't want infighting. We don't want dissension. We want peace. It says, then you pray for it. 2020 has been the year of prayer here at New Freedom Church. It couldn't have been any more appropriate timing than what we have gone through in this year. But we are to continue to pray. And what do we pray for? Pray for peace. Pray for peace. Because we are people of peace. Because Jesus is the prince of peace. Listen to what I say. The child the child sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. Goodness and light. Do you see, do you hear, do you know all the value of the things that God has done in you so that you can give it to others? Look at Romans 10, 9, and I'll close with this. Verse 8 first says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It is the word of faith that we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The gospel writer of John says that to as many as believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the sons and daughters of God. And how do we do that? Well, it says it right here. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. There's no tricky prayer. There's no specific words that I can give you. But there is this sense of, I have a spiritual need in my life. I've tried to fix it on my own and I can't. I need something more than what I'm currently getting out of life. I know that there's more. You sense it because you were made for more. That's why you know there's more. And so if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, that's enough. The Bible says you will be saved. See, Christmas is not a time to keep quiet. It is a time of proclamation. It's a time to announce our King has come. He has inaugurated his kingdom Now, if you look out into the political circles of the day, it doesn't look like our God is reigning. But Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this world. I didn't come to take over politically the way that you might have thought, but my kingdom is of another world and it is spiritual in nature. And though you can't see it yet, there is coming a day 
We celebrate his arrival at Advent, but we're looking for his return at the resurrection. We're looking for his return when he will split the eastern sky and he will come and he will be the king that rules the world forever and reigns glorious. Luke 2.13 says this, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Here's the announcement. Peace. Goodwill toward men. So you can take a 1960s secular political song and you can preach the gospel with it because here is their plea. They want peace and they want goodwill. And it only comes through the Prince of Peace through Jesus, with heads bowed and eyes closed just between you and God today. Maybe you are in a place in your life where you're not feeling much peace. Maybe you're not experiencing the joy of the season. Maybe there's a heaviness on your heart that you would love just a sense of peace, but you don't know how to get it. You've tried to find it at the bottom of a bottle and it's not there. You tried to snort it up your nose. You tried to put a a needle in your vein and it's not there. You tried relationship after relationship, but you will never be satisfied if you try to fill the God-shaped hole in your heart with the things of this world. Only God can fit in that place. And I wanna speak to you a word of hope today, a word of encouragement that peace is found in Jesus Christ. And right now, If you would just say, it's me, God. It's not my brother, it's not my sister. It is me in the need of prayer. And you will incline your heart to God today, right there where you're at, whether you're watching us online or you're sitting here in these chairs, you will incline your heart to God and say, yes, I I receive, I confess. I believe I want peace in my life. Jesus comes to bring peace. Father, today I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that they would receive this engrafted word into their heart, that they would receive this message of hope and be set free. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. For keeps, free forever. We thank you, God, that at Christmas we celebrate your arrival. But it didn't stop there. Because on the third day you rose again. And you stole the victory from hell, death, and the grave. And you have transferred it to us. And we receive your love. We receive your goodwill. Peace on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us this week. I am so excited about what we have planned for next week. But before then, would you take a minute and go to the video description and either leave us a review or click on one of those links for all the information available. And one last thing, your generosity really does make a difference. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, which enables us to reach even more people with the gospel? God bless.